welcome back to the Us Anxious Folk podcast. I am here with Michaela from Auckland. Hello, Michaela. Hello. I'm thank so happy you. to be here. Yeah, thank nervous. you for joining me. <laughs> I, don't be nervous. I, um, I did a podcast recently and I was very nervous, but um, oh, yeah. I now I, at least I know I can just sort of calm myself down at the start. And yeah. I promise with this you'll you'll know what you're talking about because it's all about your story. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you are in your early 20s, 22? Yes, 22. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so um, tell me your anxiety story. Oh, my God. I would say, like, I, you know, I started having panic attacks as a kid and all of that stuff, but it really hit a head when I went into media. And so basically uh, when I was 15, I became agoraphobic and then the health anxiety, like just bitch slapped me in the face (laughs) and that was really chronic. And I guess it was kind of like a toxic cycle because since I was agoraphobic and I had like, you know, I was housebound, I had nothing to focus on. I just, I guess was completely focusing inward and on every single sensation and just, I was out the gate. I would say I'm, I'm pretty recovered from health anxiety now, but it was a massive part. I, I'd say I struggled with it for like 10 years. Really, okay. really bad. Like, um, yeah. Um, like, do you want me to go into like the health anxiety right now or? So where, uh, wherever it starts for you. So I know you said you, you sort of developed agoraphobia um how how did that come about um you know I still don't know if there was like a root cause or whatever but I just had a like a panic attack one day I think it was because I was getting really badly bullied at school Mm -hmm. and I had a panic attack one day and then and I was only 15 at at this point and I just refused to ever leave the house for a whole year I did not go out I was just so so um, petrified and I like at that point my I think I actually have heard you speak about this too like you know when you go through episodes and sometimes it manifests in different ways like mm-hmm. so the specific agoraphobia episode I had it was like I would gag all the time like mm-hmm. I would just gag whenever I was anxious and um, anytime I tried to leave the house I would have to have like a sick bowl with me because I was just so on edge that I would just like Bleh. like it was it was really rough. Um, and then fast forward, I, well, I spent the whole year just, that's when my health anxiety was chronic. Like I spent, I was calling the doctors every day. I was convinced I was um, going to have a stroke. Like I was straight up convinced I was Googling, you know, stroke symptoms constantly. My whole just world revolved around, you know, keeping me alive from having a stroke. But obviously now I look back on that and go, what was I on about but um, you know it was so so severe at the time and you know the doctors kept saying to me it's literally just your anxiety and I was like it's not like it's too you know I'm having these like physical symptoms like there's no way that it's a panic attack Mm -hmm. um yeah so I'd say like my stroke fixation went on for about like up to a year Mm -hmm. kind of on and meshed with like heart attack fixation um or like stomach cancer because I you know I thought I had stomach cancer because I was gagging all the time and yeah it was just I was just so convinced that that 
that I was going to die. I mean, I'm laughing now, not funny. You know, at the time it was the worst uh, time of my life. You know, I, I even remember actually calling the ambulance once. I was, I was that petrified and they were saying to me, like, it's, you're literally just having a panic attack. And I was like, no, I'm not. You guys just don't understand. Like, it's not, this is it this time. And, yeah. you know, I feel like it turns into like the boy who cried wolf because, you know, I was just constantly just saying that to everyone around me like I'm gonna die I'm getting sick and I really wasn't um (laughs) so yeah so anyways I I don't actually know how that kind of phased off I think I just started slowly doing I slowly started doing exposure therapy um and I ended up going out and living a pretty normal life for a couple years um and then I got hit with agoraphobia in and I was completely housebound for about a year and a half this was when I was 19 and I've been and in that year and a half I then had a really bad health anxiety episode of um mental illness like I it was I went down that path of health anxiety I was completely fixated I thought I had like autism or schizophrenia or just it was very bad and I did the same thing you know the researching and just quizzing and YouTube videos and the obsession um and yeah and then I started therapy and it's yeah it helps quite a bit and I'm slowly getting back out into the world but you know it's really I'd say anxiety disorders are the most isolate one of the most isolating things you can ever experience, you know, because you it's so hard being really logical and knowing that everything you're saying doesn't really, you know, make sense. Like I'm aware that, you know, I'm like not gonna get sick and die or, you know, or I'm not gonna go crazy, but there's that what well, how would you even explain it? Like there's that just nitpicking thought you know and 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 feeling that but what if you know but what if but what if mm. yeah <laughs> yeah no, sorry I just feel like I just blabbled everything no, no no that's um I can relate to so much of what you said especially yeah. that sense of frustration when you were saying um you know you felt like the boy who cried wolf because you do tend to go through that a lot and you feel like you lose trust in yourself and other people don't trust you and you're just overreacting again but it's so hard when your body is like feels like it's on fire and you you can't explain why right yeah I I also went through a and I I didn't actually see much of this spoken about when I was like trying to google it to feel less um and I went through this really big episode I don't know what you'd call it of like being petrified of taking pills like I thought if I took a pill I was going to have an allergic reaction or mm-hmm. something bad was going to happen to me like even small things like taking a pain pain medication I was just so scared that like I was going to get like sick or allergic or, or something mm-hmm. even though I knew I wouldn't you know and that's always the thing with anxiety disorders is most of the time you know that that is so irrational but you know it's just that like physical symptoms too you know that just come up when you have those thoughts and yeah so that's been something I've really struggled with but I have actually heard um a few people I joined like a few um anxiety 
groups and they also said you know that they've had the medication thing and getting really scared to take medication and stuff and yeah it's just really hard you know because you feel like just you know it's quite embarrassing you know it can mm. I mean it's not be but you feel embarrassed because you're like you know why am I scared of taking a pill or you know why do I think pill I've had like many times is going to give me an allergic reaction you know yeah. or yeah yeah it's just so silly it's it's hard not to cling to that though and I think your brain does that for a reason it's it's trained itself to to keep you on the lookout and so you can't help but do that <laughs> yeah for sure so with the with the gagging um is would you say that that's sort of what led into the health anxiety because I could imagine that fear of throwing up and that yeah would, would you would want to then look at you know is it a gastric problem is it gastritis or whatever it's called where it yeah. you know <laughs> the heartburn sort of situation yeah yeah, I think that definitely started it because like I didn't understand and I and I didn't understand when the doctors were saying to me like this is anxiety is creating this. I was like, mm-hmm. how can you know my anxiety make me gag? Like, what do you mean? You're telling me it's a mental problem, but why am I gagging? You know, what yeah. I was just in complete denial that it could be anxiety. But yeah, I definitely think that was the start of it because it was so physical, you know. Yeah. How how can you fixating on your physical health when something physical is happening you know for sure for sure and and so were there were there things that um they you know doctors and and healthcare professionals got you to do to help that didn't help were there things that did help what what sort of treatments did you did you experience well so I tried medication this was when I was young and and it really didn't mesh well with me so I got off it and Honestly, sadly, I actually didn't receive any help when I was, when I went through this, like the first episode of it, because I think it was because I was so young, they kind of must have just thought, oh, she's going to grow out of it or, Mm -hmm. you know, which, I mean, like there was no way that I was growing out of it at that point. I mean, I was, once the agoraphobia had weaned off, I then would go to the doctors every two days. Like this is how bad it got. And I was getting ECGs done. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so it definitely, I didn't receive any mental health treatment at that point. But when I was 19 and it started again, and I find, and then when this COVID stuff happened, mm. because um, everything had to go online and with me being agoraphobic, I could finally access therapy. Yeah. <laughs> because how is an agoraphobic meant to get to a therapy appointment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I finally started receiving treatment and I, my therapist got me to just really start questioning my thoughts and, you know, really I found journaling and actually writing it down and like seeing the words and then also writing like, where's the proof, like write down proof that this is actually going to happen. And after doing enough times, I started realizing like, Oh God, this actually, like this actually is not happening, you know, but when they first offered me treatment, I thought there's no way this is going to work, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but yeah, I definitely found that helpful, the journaling yeah. and yeah. yeah. I I, ha- yeah. I have to laugh because I, I thought the same thing when I was agoraphobic and I got booked into yeah. see a CBT therapist and they were like, yeah. you know, your appointment's going to be here. And I'm like, okay, so how do you expect me to get there? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah. I know. 
I know. And it's really baffling, eh? Like it'll say on these these counselors' websites that they treat agoraphobia and anxiety disorders, and it's like, yeah. What, <laughs> you, how am I like what? So, uh, that that is frustrating. There is honestly not enough help for agoraphobe agoraphobics. Like yeah. it's you know, yeah, really I- from. I think COVID has has kind of done the best thing for people with agoraphobia, like you said, in terms of telehealth becoming such a common thing now. makes life a lot easier. Um, But I guess conversely, it also, uh, if you're someone dealing with health anxiety, would create some more problems as well because there's vaccines, there's, you know, a virus floating around that everyone's trying to avoid. And have you found that that stress has been difficult or have you kind of been able Um, to separate that? I definitely, with the vaccine situation, when I got vaccinated, I had like a massive panic attack. I'm not like afraid of needles or anything like that. I was just so, so scared that I was going to have a reaction and not because I'm anti-vax, but just because I, you know, it was that just foreign thing going into my body and I was like, oh my God, am I going to have a reaction? And yeah, yeah, but I didn't think, I had like a, a bit of a, you know, shit shit few days but you know it was all good but um yeah I haven't found like because we're like where I am like obviously there is quite a bit of you know COVID in Auckland at the moment but it's not really where I am so I haven't actually had to deal with like coming into contact with anyone that has COVID yet but Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna put the shits up me (laughs) like (laughs) you know yeah but yeah, and I think as well, you know, it obviously has been helpful with, you know, therapy and things like that. But in the same sense, it's getting a little bit too easy to do everything online. And, you know, yes. it can kind of make me go, oh, I won't go out because I can just do it online. And it's like, no, like, mm. so. Yeah, it's yeah. a double-edged sword at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. I actually saw when you posted about as well and I had the same thing when we went into lockdown mm-hmm. my because like I stopped I couldn't do exposures for quite mm-hmm. a bit and that just really really set me back so I found that really really hard as well and you know it's just so it's like so different when it's someone else saying you can't leave the house like not you you know yeah. so yeah yeah found that really hard yeah it's it's a whole new challenge as well because it's I I wasn't scared of COVID in terms of leaving the house and catching COVID, but I, I was um, panicked because nobody else was going out. And, you know, there was like this collective tension that fed into my stress. <laughs> and, yeah, it made things really difficult. I guess, you know, pre-COVID, we were the ones panicking and nobody else was. And then when COVID rolled around, everyone was panicking. <laughs> it was like, yeah, <laughs> I know when oh wait wait I was gonna say something no I've lost it I think but yeah just in general I just found that really really frustrating like you know starting to get back out into life again and my uh what's like the word like you know I was focusing outwards again and then when all the COVID stuff like I was stuck you know stuck in the house again turned inward I fortunately had a setback um so yeah that sucks not gonna lie yeah I think in terms of the setbacks I know I experienced one as you said um, and I know a lot of other people who've experienced agoraphobia had a setback with COVID as well but I wonder if perhaps that's just um, 
you know, we might call it a setback, but it might just be the way life goes. That yeah. Sometimes there's something stressful yeah. that happens that makes you feel like you're in a dark place again. So it's not just yeah. a, not a setback. It's just the natural progression of living. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, you know, when, you know, when the lockdown started happening and everyone was like, oh, my God, I can't stand being in the house for a month. I thought, damn, like, yeah. try a year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that was actually really interesting to see, you know, because people were experiencing what we experienced, kind of, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I was interested in the recovery from agoraphobia because I know you said you did exposure therapy. Um. One question I get asked a lot is sort of the timeline and the process of like, what exactly did you do and how long did it take to help? Uh Um, Have you found that it's been quite a linear progress or has it sort of, I mean, obviously with COVID, it would have been up and down, as you said. Um, But yeah, what's, what's it, what have you been doing exactly? So, you know, I think, and if anyone that is listening to this that has agoraphobia and is like in the darkest place, like I know, you know, how just crippling it is. And obviously you do too. And you are like in that complete housebound situation. You listen to, you know, things like this and you think, oh, like I can't do it. You know, I mm-hmm. could never like, you know, or I used to think like, oh, they just got lucky, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I'm nowhere near fully recovered, but obviously I can leave the house quite a bit now. Um, but it basically started with, I just literally, I had to just first start going to my car, turning the car on, you know, doing that until the anxiety dropped to like a six out of 10, even five out of 10. And then I would, you know, go turn the car on, drive halfway down the street, turn the car off, sit for a bit, you know, and it was excruciating when I first started I just you know it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do was to get started um and then I just very very slowly increased you know the distance day by day by day and um I actually found like and I've actually never heard anyone talking about this but I found like when I first started, because it is so overwhelming when you first start, I found I actually went out really early in the mornings. I got up every morning at like 6am before the traffic and did and went out a little bit further just so that I didn't have to deal with the traffic and the exposure because that yeah. was just, it was up too much to do together. Mm-hmm. So doing that, that really, really, really helped like a massive, massive amount. Um, yeah and now I'm just um it because I just went bit by bit by bit you know and I'm still going bit by bit by bit very long way to go but um honestly the only way out is through a and that yes. is the hard <laughs> reality and that it's is the worst <laughs> yeah and when I used to watch your videos I thought I can't I can't there's got to be another way like I can't but yeah. it's, it's the only way out is through and that is it's it's a bitch slapping reality but Mm. you know it's and and like I said I'm nowhere near fully recovered you know I I can get to 
a supermarket now and, um, you know, the dairy is a bakery, a gas station, you know, necessities. Um, but, you know, there's lots of things that I still need to work on, like, you know, going out and having fun and, you know, stuff like that. But yep. I've definitely come a very long way and ex- I couldn't have done it without exposure therapy. Like I don't, and that is so, and that is so rough to say, because I know when you're housebound, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that the only way to get over this is to get out you know the one thing you can't do it's like what (laughs) yeah like I yeah um yeah and I just found also like you know pushing myself but not pushing myself to the point where and and I you might get that you'll probably get what I mean like there's me having like a panic attack to really feel like what I'm going through and then there's like if I push myself too far in exposure right honestly feel like I'm having like a borderline crisis because I just can't deal so yeah I push myself but not to the point where I'm way too scared to go back and if I feel like really high anxiety doing something I do it like over and over until the anxiety starts to drop Mm. yeah that's yeah that's also the biggest thing that I think is so crucial is you've got to do it again and again and again yeah for sure once you know and just be like okay that's it no yeah yeah again and again and in different situations and different days and at different times and really getting used to your body at all all stages tackling something I think with with pushing yourself I found that the best way to look at it was in terms of holding your own hand or the, the way you would think about it with a child um, you know, who's yeah. doing something scary that they don't want to do, but they need to do, you wouldn't push them into it and, and berate them. And, you know, you would hold their hand and you would support them. And so it's, it's finding that balance where you feel like you're going out of your comfort zone, but you're still doing it in a nice way. <laughs> that is so, so true. Yeah. Cause it is really easy, you know, to just bully yourself. I've been, yeah. I'm so, I've, very bad for that you know if if some days you know and you probably experience this a lot but some days you actually can't and that is okay you can do it again tomorrow you know what I mean and that's something I've had to tell myself like if I absolutely especially early in recovery if I absolutely cannot today I have to do it tomorrow or I have to do it later on Mm -hmm. like you know I don't push myself to the point you know I start crying or you know just really getting worked up because you know, it's, it's mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, I said, like nice encouragement is definitely the way to go. But that is, that is so, so hard. In yeah. the start. Finding that sweet spot between like, yeah. just give, giving yourself excuses and actually yeah. following through yeah. can be hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so bad like that too, especially when I first started with the excuses. Oh my gosh. I yeah. would just anything, <laughs> anything to get out of it like absolutely anything <laughs> for sure I I was exactly yeah. the same you know I was like it's too early in the morning like my tummy's not right and I <laughs> ate something weird last night and just everything everything I could think of me too eh? like it, honestly oh, I've got a headache oh yeah, like, yes. oh, yeah. Uh, like oh my god eh? that's so embarrassing <laughs> yeah no I think we all do it um, and with the health anxiety, what um, what helps you the most with that? Because for me, like I've dealt with it in a sense of being scared about having allergic reactions and that kind of thing, but I haven't 
um, I was never worried that I had a severe illness or that, um, you know, some, something of that sense. So I don't, I don't really know what the process is in terms of helping yourself through that. I definitely think like it's re- it's really, really hard, especially when you're like balls deep in the obsession, you know, yeah. like it's, um, it's really hard. I, the actual, the first thing I actually started doing because I would literally have like a routine of like searching up stroke symptoms, searching mm-hmm. up like just quizzes about like the brain tumors and shit, like so bad. So I would like tell myself, okay, today, only allowed to look this up three times mm-hmm. like I can do three times today and that's it mm-hmm. and then I would do that for like a week and then the next week I was like okay I'm only gonna search this up twice today kind of thing and then it just got like less and less um and also like I was saying before the journaling with the questioning my yep. thoughts and actually because it's so easy to get lost you know in your head but when I was like writing it out and writing out okay this is the scary thought how you know is there proof that actually validates this thought and I would go to you know write oh I feel okay that's not proof you know Mm -hmm. just because I feel it doesn't mean it's real so doing that over and over really really helped because I was seeing it in front of me like I've written this so many times and I've never had a stroke you know I've never had a attack um yeah so that that was just really the main things that helps me and you know trying to which I know everyone says this but you know trying to like distract yourself and engage in other things like Mm -hmm. it was I didn't realize how much time I was spending fixating on being sick or having an illness or until um until I started doing other things yeah yeah, all this free time now actually like another life out here like yeah. oh my god yeah so yeah it's definitely distraction journaling yeah. and um yeah trying to lower the because google is literally the worst enemy for health anxiety obviously yeah. it Wormhole. is worse. Like, yeah like you can do a quiz on like having a heart attack like what do you mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, so that was, I had to cut that shit out, eh? That was just really, yeah. really consuming. And YouTube videos, I would just YouTube, like, symptoms of a stroke. And I would, like, it was so bad. I would literally, like, like pinch my face because I'm, I'm so educated on strokes. I'm like a stroke queen, like, now. But um, I would pinch my face to make sure it wasn't numb yeah. and, you know, that my smile wasn't droopy because yeah. when you get have a stroke your um even a face stroke so yeah it was it was the the compulsions I was doing of it was really bad and I really had to start focusing on mm. in a world because yeah. yeah so creating yeah. like boundaries safe sure. healthy boundaries around you know letting yourself go down that rabbit hole or just doing it for a bit and then moving yes. on to something yeah. else yeah. yeah just gradually less and less and you know because when you start doing the work, you know, to get better, it doesn't feel like you're going, you're getting better until you look back and you're like, shit, that was actually just really gradual. And, you know, look where I am from, from then, you know, and it, Mm -hmm. it really does just naturally start to happen, you know, the more you do it. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I love what you said about journaling and, um, you know, when you said, I feel that that's not a fact, it, that just blew my mind. <laughs> like, it seems so simple, but I think that's such a, you could apply that to, to any anxieties really. And my, my yeah. partner is an Aquarius and he's very logical and unemotional and it does my head in oh, because I'm very emotional. Yeah. But one of his yeah. favorite sayings is um, facts are not feelings. And I'm like, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it ruthless, isn't it? It's ruthless when someone says that to you. Yes. Like, oh, like, you know, don't. But it's the harsh reality. It, it is the truth, you know. Just because you feel something does not mean it's real. And, yes. and when, when I realized that, I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my. Like, I've actually experienced so many diseases that weren't actually true just because I felt yeah. them. <laughs> That's like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like you know, and it it can even apply when you're having a panic attack. You know, oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna go crazy. Well, yeah. you just feel like that. Yeah. You know, where's the actual proof that you're gonna go crazy? Or when have you ever? But I know that in the moment, it is so different. You know, yeah, what I mean, it's I, hard no, to I, access that. Yeah, definitely. But sure. it is something good to think about. You know. Yeah, and probably the more you practice that journaling, the the easier that would come ar- around naturally. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So um, what is on the horizon for you? I know you obviously want to keep working um, on your exposure, but what, what are your, where are you going now? <laughs> so I'm studying psychology and I really, like, while I'm at home, <laughs> um, <laughs> help people with agoraphobia once I'm recovered because there I swear there ain't no other better person that could help than someone who has been through it and come out on the other side that is you know qualified and stuff Um, obviously that and yeah I'm just really just focusing on trying to get better you know I'm, I'm in that weird phase of like trying to like kind of rebuild a life after not being in society for so long you know so that's that's quite a weird feeling um yeah just doing you know first things again like I can't wait I want to go just small things like I want to go volunteer again I want to go like to the movies you know just lots of stuff like that that I have so long so yeah the movies was such a big one for me I remember saying I can't wait to go to the movies again I just something so simple (laughs) but for me I'm like oh (laughs) I know, I know, and it's, yeah, I, I, there's so much stuff I just cannot wait to do again, and yeah, I'm really excited. Awesome, I'm, I'm really, um, I can't wait that you're going to be helping people, you know, because yeah. like you said, I, I think you're right, it's, that people don't quite understand it in that, that way, they don't know that in the moment, unless they've been through it, that it's really hard to access logic and rational thought, and a therapist once I was having a panic attack and he was you know saying all this shit and I was like how the fuck do you know like how do you know like, no you just know out of the test book not I'm not discrediting because there's amazing therapists out there but it just it's different you know when you are talking to someone that actually understands what you're talking about you know and they've lived it and it's just it's such a lovely feeling yeah 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 that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. my last question, which I asked to everyone, but if you could um, give one piece of advice to someone, either yourself back in the day or someone struggling 
a lot with agoraphobia, with health anxiety, what would that advice be? Never, ever, ever fucking give up. No matter if you have 20 panic attacks that day, you get back up the next day and you try the same thing again, no matter what. Like, you can fucking do it. That is my <laughs> straight up advice. You can fucking do it. And there is a massive amount of us all supporting you in, in spirit, you know. We've all been there. We're all doing it. And, you know, you're going to get there no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your anxiety story. Um, I will <laughs> I will link Michaela's Instagram, if that's okay with you, um, yeah. in the show notes. Uh, and, yeah, I, I'm so happy to have had you and thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed perpetually panicked anxious folk in all of us if you would like to find more about me you can find me on youtube at lauren rose or on instagram at lauren r underscore rose